I'm Charlie Mount. And I'm Jeff Rack. We are the co-artistic directors of Arcane Theater Works, based here in Los Angeles, California. And this is our new podcast where we discuss the weird and fantastical worlds of sci-fi, horror, mystery, and fantasy. Welcome to... Invasion of the Pod People. In print, on stage, and on screen, there have been countless interpretations of that modern Prometheus, that original mad scientist, that alchemist in galvanism and lightning, Frankenstein. In this multi-episode series, we dissect, discuss, compare, and contrast some of the best and least known versions of Mary Shelley's immortal story. Joining us in our discussion is our special guest, monster artist Phil Joyce. The show is being recorded outdoors at the historic Zorthian Ranch in Altadena, California. The Many Faces of Frankenstein, Episode 4, The Universal Years, Part 2. All right, uh, so, um, you know, I want to discuss kind of this, uh, some of the themes. You know, we'll get more into the, to the actors a little bit more. I want to talk about Karloff and whatnot. But, you know, the metaphor of the, the fragmented man, you know, there's this whole idea of, you know, that the, he's a product of the melting pot you know, creation of the cast-offs of Europe, um, uh, or the unredeemable man, uh-huh. you know. Uh, the criminal that all those societies created him must now be hunted down and put down like a rabid animal. You know, there's all these, you know... I'm, I'm trying to remember, where does the body come from in, in the film? Is it a criminal? They, Is they, it a series of bodies? I don't they, remember. They uh, unearth him from, uh, you know, from the ground. It's a, a single corpse? Yeah. Okay. There's a single corpse. Yeah, they go and uh, with Bride, it's it's it, they find that corpse too. It's a single corpse, but right. Right. but I think he ends up piecing pieces together to make it work. Yeah, because there has to be a reason why he's of gigantic stature. Yeah, know, so yeah, that's a good point. He added a few, you know, inches here and there. Yeah, yeah. But uh, is that a, is that a theme? The idea of uh, yeah, this whole idea of the the fragmented man. I mean, it, it, it might be something that's that's come up. You know, over the years, uh-huh. you know this idea of it, and, and and why people could relate to it, and relate to the monster, in a way. You know, because because you know you, you have an America that's a melting pot of all these people. You know, it's like you know we're like you know we're kind of stitched together. You know, the, right. America is made mm-hmm. of you know all these different cultures and races, and you know what that are stitched together. Um, how, how does the book uh, describe the monster being? Is it also in pieces, or is it... Um, well, yeah, just quickly, it's... Uh, she describes uh, Frankenstein as going to grave sites and charnel houses oh. and taking bits and pieces mm. of bodies. So we're not even talking like, yeah. you know, a whole arm. We're talking like a finger here, and a th- you know, an, an oh elbow gosh. there, <laughs> and just putting it all together. And she doesn't yeah. describe how he... Uh, Keeps all this stuff, you know, fresh, because he he, he yeah. spends a year collecting this stuff, and wow. then through some agency, sewing them together and giving and putting life into them. But she doesn't describe that process, and I didn't I didn't oh. go into that when I was dis- discussing the book. But right. the reason he does she doesn't go into it is because when Frankenstein is talking to the captain, Frankenstein doesn't want to reveal the secret to the world. He knows oh. the captain's writing this down. And he doesn't want the world to recreate his experiment. So I'm not oh, going to tell oh. you okay. how it was okay. done. Right. <laughs> so, a good way to get around that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. 
<laughs> so yes, it's a, it's a whole bunch of little pieces all put together. Right. Uh, the because the uh, the idea was dead matter could be reanimated. Reanimated. And it, what is it? What's not just electricity going into it? It's just it's actually like the cells would like reform and spontaneous yeah. evolution was the phrase. Mm -hmm. So everything evolution. was sort. If it was rotting, it would still like come yeah. back to life. It could right. come back. Huh. That was the idea. Yeah. Well, there's that. The, the other theme that's kind of come out of it is the whole the, or the idea is the the concept of of male of the species not being able to give birth. Oh. You know, so so this is man giving birth. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, and and uh, you know, it's like you know, damn it, I can't give birth. So. You know, I'm gonna, but it's a woman who created the story, right? So, but uh, now in the in the book too, I, I, I believe Mary Shelley describes that um, Victor is becomes obsessed with reanimating life because of the death of his mother. Is that? Uh, well, yeah. He, the, so, there's death in Victor's life as well. Right. Yes, yes. There's that. Uh, although she doesn't really explore that as a real. You know, motivate. That's more of a you know, sort of a twentieth, twenty-first century kind of motivation. Right. His, his motivation is more um, esoteric. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But. Um, hmm. But yeah, there, there. But the book is called the Modern Prometheus, and Prometheus, mm -hmm. of course, stole fire from the gods. Correct. Uh, right. And, and right tried now. to emulate, you know, what what God could do. Right. Uh, so I think sure. all throughout the book, and I think this is even true in, throughout all the different versions, including Universal films. Yeah. Uh, the idea that nature should be approached the same way deists approach nature, which is it's there and it's very powerful and you should, you know, mm -hmm. work with it and work around it, yeah. but it mm -hmm. doesn't care about you. Right. It's not mm -hmm. interested in your morals, your ethics, or your abilities or talents to try to circumvent it. Right. The best thing you can do is go with it. If, huh. if, if you're on a mountain, and there's a river going down the mountain, put your, put your cabin by the mountain, fish out of the river, and just deal with them. Don't try to move the river. Right. Yeah. Don't try to change where the deer go. Just live with nature. Yeah. Nature is nature, and you should leave, with, leave it alone. And that's a theme in her book, and I think that's also very much a theme in, I mean, it's actually much more in, in, in uh, it's her Frank, in Frankenstein and the Universal films. The James Whale. Uh, yeah. He's, he's Clearly obsessed. Oh yeah, with being God. Definitely. You even sure. mentioned the line Ego. that was that was taken out of the film. Right. Now um, I know what it feels like to be God. I know what it feels like to be God. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Which obviously that you know. Which is not part of the book. You know, Frankenstein's not quite that obsessed with being God. Which is even more exaggerated in, in the Hammer films. From the Universal, well, I'll talk about. Yes, that later. when we get to the Hammer films, yeah. I think the Frankenstein becomes. But he's, he's much more, uh, you know. Um, um, yeah. Premeditated, you know, in yeah. those films. You right. know, in, it's a whole in, in the Universal film, character. he's just kind of nuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. he kind of yeah. goes crazy. Peter Cushing. It's interesting the different, different. versions of the uh, of, Fra of the Doctor Frankenstein. Yeah, you know mm -hmm. the the son, and then the yeah. you know they're yeah, all. We always talk about the different kinds of monsters, but yeah, we'll get into that when we get himself. to the different yeah, yeah the, the different the character uh, Victor films. Or Henry so, Frankenstein is that the yeah. son of Frankenstein? Yeah. Before we move on, I want uh, you know I want to talk about the cast, and uh, before we discuss Karloff, mm -hmm. um, I want to kind of introduce some of the major cast members. Um, there's uh, Colin Clive, of course, mm -hmm. as as uh, Henry, not Victor Frankenstein. Yeah, yeah I don't. Why, why did they change? I don't know. Why, why did they change, change that? that? What was it in Son of Frankenstein? What's the character? Is it? Um, is it? 
Bobby. <laughs> no. It's Bobby Frankenstein. <laughs> Frank Frankenstein? <laughs> I, I forget. In, in which one? In, in the in Son of Frankenstein. Frank that's because it's his son, right? Yeah. Basil Rathbone plays um, his son. I have it here. We'll, we'll, I don't know. I've got it written down somewhere. I'll look it up, like, and then I'll pretend that I knew it all, <laughs> all along. And then, uh, and then you have, of course, Dwight Fry, mm. who was the, you know, in Dracula as the fly-eating Renfield, Renfield yeah. right? Excellent. Yeah. But in this, he's uh, he's Fritz, the tormentor, yep. you know, who, uh, you know, <laughs> who, you know, who's an idiot, you know. I mean, he's over there with the, he's yeah. over there with the, uh, you know, the torch, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, and the monster says, you know, screw you, buddy, <laughs> just, you know. He's Igor, basically. Yeah. Right? And you know, it's great that they show him just hanging there, yeah. you know, and they open the doors, like <laughs> they hear the scream. And they go in there and you know he's just got him hung. Um, Baron Wolf von Frankenstein. Baron Wolf. Wolf. That's yeah, what it Wolf. is. Wolf. Sorry, yeah. Yeah. Wolf. God, I thought it was Bobby too. I thought it was Bobby. Yeah, Bobby would have been better. That's that's Bobby Brady. You're thinking Bobby, Bobby Frank. <laughs> I'm I'm totally writing that play now. Bobby Frankenstein. Bobby Frank. <laughs> That'd be a modern adaptation. And then uh, we had uh, Edward Van Sloan as Doctor Wadman, who also. In Dracula, he played Van, Van Helsing. Helsing. Yeah, so it's right. like they, you know, you'll see this in Universal. I mean, they had their stable of actors. Yeah, the stock and, actors. And, and not only would they bring him back in movies, but they'd bring him back alive. I mean, when they die in, the, in <laughs> yes. films, I mean, they would just keep coming back, you know. It's like, that's, that's <laughs> like just kind of a stable, opera. you know. You know, I think they brought back Godzilla, you know, <laughs> that they killed into the first movie. You, you got to bring him back. Yeah. And Mae Clark was uh, Henry's bride, Elizabeth, mm-hmm. um, who was also in that James Cagney film where she gets the... The grapefruit in the face. Oh, yes. Public yeah. enemy. Yes, public yeah, public enemy. enemy. Yeah. So, uh, so let's talk about <laughs> no, Boris Karloff. No, was it public enemy or? Yeah, it's public enemy. Or it wasn't white lightning. It was. No, it's pu- oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Top of the world. Uh, so, uh, believe it or not, Karloff wasn't first choice to play the monster. Wasn't it? Bella? Uh, it was uh, originally going to go to Lon Chaney Sr. But he died oh. in, in uh, 1930 of bronchial cancer. Yeah, I was going to say he was pretty old by then, right? Lon Chaney was also slated to play Dracula. Yeah, oh, was it? yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. He was one of the. I think he was their first choice. Yeah, yeah. Did Lon Chaney do any talkies? I think he may have done one. Yeah, he did. They did one. do. Uh, he did do. Um, but it wasn't a horror film. I don't. I, I don't believe. Right. What was that one? What's that one with uh, the, the the midget and the uh, the little person? The unholy three. <laughs> the little person. What was it person. called the unholy, the unholy three? Yeah, unholy, the unholy three. three. Oh, was that yeah. a sound? I never saw that. Yeah, and he, never yeah, that was a sound film where he's a con man. Yeah, right? and he's kind of dresses as, as that old yeah. granny. And he he walks on his hands. He is he, he, he tucks his legs under or something. Yeah. Like he's an amp. No, he did. Oh, a, he did. I remember yeah. Jim, Jimmy Cagney do, re- recreating that. Yeah. Oh yeah, in, in, yeah. In, uh, the, the Man of a Thousand Faces. Mm-hmm. That's a great film. Fantastic movie. Yeah, let's it talk is. about that instead. That is a good, yeah. a great movie. Oh no. Oh, Lon Chaney. We'll talk about Lon Chaney sometime. Yeah. But yeah, he was he was the the first choice. Then they went to Bela Lugosi. Which is who you know, was fresh off his success sure. with Dracula, sure. right? He was, but he, Lugosi he, turned him down because uh, he didn't have any lines. He didn't talk. Right, right. Yeah. You know, he said, I, and he didn't want to endure the makeup. Because he had that know? beautiful <coughs> speaking voice. Yeah, know? right. <laughs> yeah. With his st- thick yeah, Hungarian accent. Well, he didn't accent. want the makeup but to obscure his features. But it was Karloff who realized, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, Karloff at first, did, you know, he... he so much you could do. How he, is he, he didn't want to do it either yeah, because, of the line, yeah, because there's no there's speaking no, lines. Yeah, it's all miming basically, right? You can mime. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, Karloff, how he was discovered was Wales uh, was uh, supposedly spotted him while they were ha- he was having lunch in the commissary, 
and uh, he was intrigued by Karloff's bone structure, you know, mm-hmm. as well as his size. Of course, they were looking somebody large. And uh, I guess, you know, they're, they're both from England, so they started, you know, struck up a conversation about, uh, you know, English problems in Hollywood. Sure. And uh, Karloff was given a screen test and, uh, you know, eventually got the role that would make him famous. All right, so, um, you know, even though Frankenstein supposedly introduced Boris Karloff as the monster. He was already 43, and this was his 81st film. Um, So, you know, it was very physically demanding of him. Uh, It would have been for even a younger person. Um, And I guess Karloff suffered for the rest of his life from doing this role. Because of the Uh, boots. Well, that and... and, uh, I mean, he suffered the most, I guess, from he was carrying Colin Clive up the windmill steps, mm-hmm. take after take, you know, and, and even up to the windmill. And they wouldn't have him use a double or yeah. use a, a dummy, you know. Yeah. He, he had permanent yeah. back problems for, for the rest of his life. I think he was wheelchair-bound not, not long after that either. Yeah, it really took a toll on him, and that's yeah. why he didn't. That's why he did it for three films too. Yeah, that was mm-hmm. that was enough. Yeah. Yeah, and they would give him like a slant board to lay on too in between takes. Sure. But um, I. Um, so they wouldn't just you know, <clears throat> hook him up to a battery and yeah. <laughs> little bolts on his neck and yeah, like Igor <laughs> would say jolt. later on, he goes, Frankenstein is your father, <laughs> and the lightning is your mother. <laughs> <laughs> But this is kind of interesting is (laughs) that, uh, you know, the studio didn't initially realize Karloff's importance to the film. I mean, in the credits, he's listed with a question mark at Mm -hmm. the top of the film. They mention him at the end. I guess that's kind of to create suspense as well. Mm -hmm. But um, he wasn't even invited to the premiere of the film. You're kidding. Yeah. (laughs) Why? I'm sorry, what? (laughs) Yeah. Is that wild? Yeah. Why? So he, they they really didn't they realize for, they he's, forgot he's, about know, him. He, they thought he was just this lumbering. Welcome monster, to the Gone you know? with the Wind after party, Clark. What are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> but you know who remembers the names of oh most of the God. other people, right? And everyone remembers his portrayal of the monster. Wow. He, he was he was cast or he was billed as Karloff the Uncanny. Yeah. In well, the credits, right? Well, later on, you know, in, Maybe in, that's in Bride, of the, Bride of Frankenstein, yeah. you know, it's like Karloff. And, you know, it right. doesn't even have his first name. It was like, <laughs> Maybe you know. that's why they, they forgot about him at the cast party. You know, they, they couldn't remember his name. <laughs> no, it was yeah. Boris Karloff, not wow. Jim Karloff. Yeah. Who knows? But I guess his biggest fans were children who saw themselves in the monster and, and felt compassion and understanding mm-hmm. for him lumbering around and his confusion you know, in a world that, you know, they didn't know how to quite fit into. Speaking yeah. of uh, which, uh, the other scene that is often... I'm getting that. That's the next yeah, thing. I'll let you get to it. Yeah, right. right. That's the yeah. thing is, is the, <clears throat> you know, the Maria at the lake. Yeah. Right? And uh, before we just get into that, uh, the scene, I want to talk about something that happened that I thought was kind of amazing. There's a uh, question answer, answer website called Quora. Yes. Have you heard of it? Yes. Yeah. And uh, I've contributed to it on occasion. And uh, there was a question that came by me. It says, what is the saddest scene in a horror film? And, uh, you know, yeah. since we were discussing Frankenstein and knew we were going to be doing this podcast, and I've been saddest watching scene. the movie again and whatnot. And yeah. uh, so I brought up, uh, you know, uh, this scene in Frankenstein. And the response was been crazy. Uh, as of today, it has been viewed by over 250,000 people. Wow. And, uh, you know, you can upvote on this yeah. thing, and it's um, almost at 11,000 upvotes. 
which is, you know, it's crazy in comparison to anything else I've had, which is like, you know, 300 upvotes. The, the saddest scene in a, in a horror film. Yeah. What's number two? You know, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know what else other people would put on there, actually. Um, but, you know, that just tells me that this film, you know, and this moment still resonates with people. Yeah. You know, yeah. after all these years. And um, so the scene itself, I mean, you guys are familiar with it. Uh, you know, masterfully played by Boris Karloff. He comes across mm-hmm. a young girl at the lake, and the girl doesn't run off from him like everyone else. And like we were talking about, he's just looking for, you know, friend. a friend. You know, he's <laughs> yeah. looking for somebody that will accept him. Uh-huh. And this, this little girl, you know, does and wants to play games with him. So she has the flowers, and she gives him a few flowers and then tosses one of hers own out onto the lake to show how it floats, right? I can make a boat. And the monster does the same thing, smiling and enjoying the, the game and the girl's companionship. Mm-hmm. But then what happens? He picks up the girl. He runs out of flowers. She, right. <laughs> right? He runs out of flowers. And you see that, you know, it's so classically done in the Mel Brooks movie, right? Where he's like, yes. you know, he goes, what are we going to do? And it's, it's, that, that look, that yeah. take, you know. Um, you know but, We're laughing, but it's horrible. I know. It is horrible. He, he, of course. And, and what's interesting, too, here is, uh, is another edited scene is usually this, this scene was edited out so that, you know, you saw him, you know, look at the girl. Yeah. yeah. And then they cut to the father carrying Maria dead right. in his, right. her yeah. arms through the village. In the street. Right. You know, yeah. and it was even, you know. That was, that was horrible, too. more yeah. horrible. Yeah. Well, you think you think the monster did something more horrible than what he did. I mean, basically, sure. he looked at her as like a flower. Well, that inc- right? incites right? the mob, too. Right. He, he yeah. picks her up and he incites and, and, the and, mob. And he throws her in throws thinking her in. that she's a flower. And, he's, <clears> and, <throat> and the look on his face afterwards. <clears throat> When he, he immediately knows. When he turns, he's yeah. like, he's yeah, he devastated. Right. Sure, you know, right. It's, it's just. I've done something oh, bad. Oh, man. And he's did a look at I mean, that was like, yeah. that's what made, that's what made Karloff's portrayal of that yeah. monster well, indelibly inked in every, everybody's mind. I wonder if he had a hand in that scene, too, because, I mean, if I were <laughs> given a part. As an actor. Right, you have yeah. no lines. It's yeah. all pantomime. Yeah. I, you'd want, well, I need something then to play. Well, yeah. I, I've, I've actually heard uh, later descriptions of his performance as almost like a method acting. Mm-hmm. Like an early, early form of method acting, pre, you know, prior to the. Well, it still does hold up. I mean, because yeah. oh, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't have mm-hmm. any lines to fall back on. And Bride, of course, he he speaks, but yeah. but. Uh, well, know. it's interesting that so you know what where was where did that method come from? You know, was he playing a child? Was he was he playing a you know yeah. a fully formed? Because you know you always wonder about this about the Frankenstein monster mm-hmm. <clears throat> because he, sure. he's made up of other people. Right. He's made up of other people's memories, but they all seem to vanish. So he's created a new, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, except you know for those films where they want to put a crazy brain in there and so on that effect. So rooster. But the the, the creature <laughs> no, has no memory of who he used to be. Yeah. You know, or what, who arms. The, whose arms these used to be. Right. And or, particularly if it's a single corpse. But that's an interesting, the whole idea of memories, you know? Right. They're, they're gone. They're, they're, they're shot out. Or they're shattered or they're, they're splintered shattered. or something. So right. he was he played the part. Um, it was, it was a goat. I told you I you'd hear, it was a goat. I told you to hear roosters. And, it was a rooster. And, I feel and, like I'm uh, on the farm here. <clears throat> as long as it's yeah, not that, the Jersey no, that's, Devil. That's the, uh, we have some, some uh, baby uh, calves <laughs> out there. Okay. Yeah. I gotta go but anyway, so he's playing. He's playing it like you know. Uh, yeah. I, I was basically born yesterday. Yeah. Right. And and <clears throat> that's how he approaches that scene with the little girl. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like I don't know what floats. No you concept. Float. Exactly. Right. By the way, I, I, I yeah. heard that that little girl 
loved being thrown into the water. Am I wrong about that? I heard that they were like friends. And probably, oh yeah, they were yeah. friends. And probably uh, was fun. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and she actually comes back in uh, Bride of Frankenstein. Does she? She is. Yeah, there? yeah. She there's a she's there's a moment, you know. After uh, we'll get to it with the the scene with the blind man. Yeah. And he and the <laughs> monster's running from the burned place, and he's you know he's he's kind of got burned a little bit, and he's running out, and he comes across that group of kids that see him and run off. Yeah. She's in that group. Oh. So once again, like I said, they bring them all they, back. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, I think she well, was. bring a, that girl back. You wasn't know? she? She was a daughter of somebody on the production staff or something. Probably. I can't remember. Like yeah. like Carla Lamley and Dracula, <laughs> but uh, you know that's that's one of those what's one of the great the great scenes in that in that film. Um, I want to Charlie before we move on. I want weren't you a tour guide at Universal Studios? I was. So oh. yeah, and you 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 went through that village Frankenstein oh, yeah. village set often, didn't you? Yeah, it's called the uh, the European section. Oh. The back lot, which still survives. It it's wasn't still, oh, still the European section. The European section, section. yes. <laughs> so haughty. Uh, used, used in such classic films as City Slickers and also, <laughs> also used in the TV series um, The Good Place. Oh, man. Yeah. That's, yeah, it's the European section. But there, there, um, there are sections of the European section that were used in a lot of the uh, Universal horror films. Yeah, uh, Phantom of the Opera, right? Frank, Frankenstein. Well, Phantom of the Opera oh, was different. shot in uh, the big part of Phantom of the Opera, the, uh, the actual... Opera House Opera. was shot in Stage 28, and a lot of those sets are still there. Yeah. Oh. And Stage 28 is also, by the way, where yeah. uh, they shot the T-Rex in the tree scene in Jurassic Park. Oh, <laughs> oh is that right? Gosh. And wow. it's where the sea view, you know, I, yeah. I'm going back into my old uh, universal uh, banter here. But uh, ah. but yes, the, the European section, um, um, Hunchback of Notre Dame, mm-hmm. you know, Charles Lawton, and, um, and scenes from... Uh, Frankenstein were shot in there too. Sure, I remember it was so cool going through Universal the first time and seeing yeah. that set. Yeah, you know where they had the water thing too. They had that water, you know. Oh, the uh, yes, right. The Mexican village. Oh yeah, yeah the Mexican village yeah. and that oh, whole the thing. Flood. Yeah. yeah, but yeah. I just remember like this is the Frankenstein set. I know. You know? Yeah. I mean, I was so excited yeah. about that. Yeah, I don't think I, I, it's it's a it's a fairly small part. I think that they where they shot yeah. Frankenstein. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, they, that was a lot of that was the most money they spent on that show. Was that I think was I think that that village, you know, because they reused it, you know, in not numerous things in other Frankenstein movies too. Yeah. So yeah, I th- but I think I think a lot of that was soundstage stuff too. I mean, some of it was out the backlot sets, you know, but a lot of it was soundstage because they, there was so much lighting and effects they had to do. I, I don't really know. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. It, it, we didn't we didn't go deep into it on the tour. <laughs> right. we, yeah. we, we had to get to we had to get to King Kong. Yeah, we had to get people to King Kong. That's right, the original King Kong. The original right. King Kong. Yeah. Um, one last thing here is um, you're talking about the warning in the Edison film at the top of the yes. thing, right? Well, there was a a, a warning for Frankenstein too, uh, which said if you have a weak heart or cannot stand intense shock, we advise you not to see this production. Now was that was that a hype? Yeah, it was a hype. Okay. Thing. But, you know, it was kind of it's kind of William Castle-ish, you know, yeah, right? right. <laughs> it wasn't really true then. In our next episode, we continue our discussion in part three of the Universal Years. This has been a production of Arcane Theater Works. You can find us online at arcanetheaterworks.com. Don't forget to check out our other podcast, Theater of the Mind. Dramatizations of Fantastical Stories. If you enjoy our podcasts and would like to hear more, please support us on Patreon. Special thanks to Alan Zorthian and the Zorthian Ranch. And also to our guest, Phil Joyce. 
you'd like to see Phil's artwork, you can find him on Instagram at philjoyceart. I'm Charlie Mount. I'm Jeff Rack. And this has been... Invasion of the Pod People.